Hello. Hi. Welcome back. It's a We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. That's Stacy. And that's Pete. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode, I think. I can't wait. I'm making a little bit of noise here because I have a box in my hand. We have to give a shout out to our listener, Christy. Hey, Christy. Who's that? That's a high-pitched Pete. Was that Bartholomew? Oh, it was Bartholomew. (laughs) (laughs) Pete says hi, too, by the way. (laughs) Christy. No, that would be like, hello, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) With your sultry podcast voice. Christy has sent us several packages at this point. The best packages. Full of nostalgic goodies. She often visits vintage stores and finds really amazing things. And she listens enough that she she knows us pretty well and she knows what we're going to like. And when she sees things that make her think of us, she grabs them and she waits a while and then she sends us a package and she's so sweet. And she's always like, I hope it's not too much. If it's ever too much, if you ever want me to stop, tell me to stop. I'm like, no, never, never stop. (laughs) Don't ever stop because (laughs) it brings us so much joy just to know that there's someone out there that listens that wants to share these things with us. I know it's, it's always so much fun when she sends something. Yes. And I love that she doesn't tell us ahead of time what she's sending. So it's a surprise. And this time, man, she packed it perfectly because when I opened it, the first thing I saw, I gasped and then I sobbed. You did. It is from the world of Annie. It's an Annie doll. She's, I don't know, how how tall would you say she is? She's probably five inches tall. And she's in the box. She's still in the box. She has a locket in there. It says, with locket for you inside. It has pictures from the movie on it. It's from 1982, which is the year that the movie came out. Yeah. If you've been listening for a long time, you know how much I love Annie. You do. And you love Annie as well. I do as well. You used to watch the movie when you were a kid. I remember being surprised that you knew it when we watched it for the podcast. Together at last. (laughs) (laughs) And we covered it. Very early days of the podcast, like in that first couple months. We did. So go find it. If you missed it, it's an episode where we also talk about Garfield. I can't believe we combined those into one. I can't believe it either. (laughs) We were so silly. But anyway, I never had any Annie toys. I don't think I did either. I had the soundtrack. Maybe I had Daddy Warbucks. Maybe I did. I don't know. Interesting. I didn't know there was a Daddy Warbucks toy. Maybe there wasn't. Maybe I'm thinking of like... uh, The Kingpin from Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Similar looks. But I never had any toys and I don't think I realized until I opened the box and saw this doll. I don't think I realized how much I was missing that in my life. Seriously, it is a great toy. It makes me so happy. An absolute treasure of a find. So thank you so much, Christy. Yes. And not only did we have the Annie doll underneath it, we had an elf toothbrush holder might have been originally an elf toothbrush and holder but we've got the toothbrush holder yes she said that it still you know just takes like you can fit any regular sized toothbrush in there well i'm putting that in the bathroom and putting (laughs) my toothbrush in there because brushings no problem (laughs) that's what it says (laughs) i love elf it's fantastic it's got a really well done elf figurine (laughs) on top whatever that is it's like a sculpture i love him me too i've been recently re-watching some alf episodes it's been enjoyable we also have the dvd of the he-man and she-ra christmas special yes i can't wait to re-watch that i know we just re-watched the first episodes of he-man and she-ra for our patreon if you missed it go check it out if it's something you'd be into yeah 
She also sent two CDs and she said after the fact that there was one thing in there that I had actually just mentioned on the podcast that I still have. So she's like, maybe you can do a giveaway or something. But it is the My So-Called Life soundtrack. Yes. That's the one I still have. And then also the Heights soundtrack. Oh. Which, of course, has Jamie Walters singing How Do You Talk to an Angel, which I love. And I have the single of that still. Do you? Yes. And then we also have lots of books. There's Muppet Babies. There's Fluffy Dogs, which I love my Fluffy Dogs. There's like an activity book for Corky, who is Cricket's brother. Oh, that's right. I don't think he's a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it runs in the family. Uh, And then Pete's favorite. Yes, the Empire Strikes Back storybook. It takes you through the whole movie, full color photographs. It's got Darth Vader on the front holding his lightsaber. It's incredible. So good. And then we have a music book from Annie. It says the movie of tomorrow. It's the songbook and it has lots of color photos in here. It looked familiar. It almost made me wonder if we had it. Maybe you did. When I was a kid, because we did have a lot of piano books. I wonder if we had that as well. I love it. I love looking through these books. And it's simplified piano, so I could probably play it now. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> Next Friday night? Next Friday night. <laughs> and that's it. It was such a surprise and it was so nice. Thank you again so much, Christine. Yes. Thank you so much. So thoughtful. Now, before we do show and tell, I just need to bring this up. Okay. Because... <laughs> We've mentioned before, I don't know if on the regular podcast or on Patreon, that we got a new couch. We did. (laughs) And it is great. It's like a modular sectional, but you can move it around and it's nice because it's light, easy to move, and you can make it all kinds of shapes and stuff. Yeah. In stark contrast to our last set of furniture, which was like, you know, recliners and stuff that you could not move around. They weighed about 800 pounds a piece. (laughs) Yeah. I had them for about... 15 years overall, maybe a little longer. Yeah, we had to put the slider things under there to move it around. Yes. Um, Adios. Yeah. Bye-bye. But anyway, so we've made it now where there's like four pieces together. So it's like this cozy little nook that's kind of like a bed, but, you know, the arms of the couch are there protecting us. Yeah, we've got like two corner pieces pushed up against one another. So we have, you know, like the corner and then we have two of the side pieces with the side walls next to those. So it's a full bed. It's amazing. And what I was saying to Pete the other day that it was taking me back to my childhood when I would make pallets. Yes. On the floor. Yeah. And he's like, what? Granted, it's not the first time Pete has heard anybody use the word palette, but the other person was also from the South. So I was like, I guess it's just a Southern thing. We're curious what the audience thinks, because I am from the North, right? We didn't say in my house anyways, or anybody that I knew, oh, yeah, let's just make a palette and expect people to know what the heck you're talking about. (laughs) Now, when I was growing up, my parents had a couch and chairs that were wooden frames and then cushions set in them, but you could take the cushions out. So when friends would spend the night, we would make a pallet. Either we would bring them into my bedroom and make a pallet in there or make them in the living room. Like if we were doing like a sleepover kind of thing with like more than one person and you would just put the cushions together and then put blankets over them. It was like a a bed in the floor and we called it a pallet. Now, pallet is like a piece of wood. Or a collection of pieces of wood that you put together to ship something big on. Yes, that's one definition. Yeah. I looked up another definition. Okay. This is where palette, there are different spellings too. This version is P-A-L-L-E-T. 
Okay. Pallet. It's a makeshift or temporary bedding spread on the floor or ground, such as a blanket or quilt. Oh my God, it's real? It's real. Are you sure that's not slang? Also, there's a song about pallets. Make me a pallet on the floor, also referred to as make me a pallet on your floor, make me a pallet or pallet on the floor. It's a blues jazz folk song considered to be a standard. Jelly Roll Morton explained the title. A pallet is something that you get some quilts. In other words, it's a bed that's made on a floor without any four posters on them. Do we have any linguists in the audience to tell us the etymology of this word? The history of this word. <laughs> I mean, I was reading up on a lot of it. I just figured I would summarize it here. I'm pretty sure the palette that I was talking about is spelled differently than that. But I don't know for sure. Pretty sure, though. You could look it up, but eh, why? Why do that? <laughs> now he's looking it up. The palette I was talking about was called P-A-L-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. Yeah, that's different. But I've once again been proven wrong. There's a different palette that I didn't know about. So, yeah, I'll let you Southerners off the hook. <laughs> there are other meanings for palette, too. Like a color palette? Yes. And like a, people talk about your palette when it refers to like how you taste food and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So, I mean. The thingy that uh, you paint with? Yep, palette. Yep. Holding yep. your hand with like the thumb hole. All the different paints on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was just a fun thing. It's also nostalgic for me because that was so exciting as a kid. I don't know why. It's not like it was comfortable. No. But well, it was probably back then. I mean, when you're a kid, yeah. you're lighter, so things don't bother you as much. Yeah, it's better than an air mattress, I would say, because yeah. at least when you, <laughs> if you're sharing it with someone else, when you get up, it doesn't make them then sink to the floor. The worst part about those pallets was when the cushions would like spread out, right? Yes, you wind up with like your hip or your leg on the floor. Right, they'd be like uneven too, because the bottom cushions that you sat on were shaped differently than the ones that were on the back of the couch, at yep. least on my parents' couch. Right. So, you know, you just had to figure it out. Those would usually be the ones you'd put a pillow on so that you wouldn't notice right. as much. <laughs> <laughs> and now you got a pallet every day. That's right. Except it's a couch version. That's right. <laughs> so it's not on the floor. It's the grown-up version. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next up, building a fort. <laughs> We're under a fort right now. What am we I are. talking about? We're we have in the, the blanket fort. Blanket fort. Aw. Now we just need a pallet in here. Listen, if I had any level of flexibility, we'd record on a pallet. <laughs> if I can't sit on the floor. True. <laughs> we still have my mom's old rocking chair that, you know, she rocked me in when I was baby that has the same cushions. They're just covered with different material now. Yeah. And that was the furniture that I took with me to Florida. And we took my couch. It still makes me sick to my stomach. We yeah. took the couch to Goodwill. On the way out. On the way out. And we had room in the truck. Why did we get rid of it? I don't know. I just think we thought you have, I was moving into your house and you already had a couch. So we just thought it was pointless. But I, yeah. I held on to the chair because I was like, well, I want to hold on to some of this. So I held on to the chair and the nightstand or the end tables. Yes. We just don't have the couch. Somebody out there does. Or it's sitting at that Goodwill still. Oh, my goodness. When we go to Orlando. Got to check it out. Where's we're going in the future. Yeah, we should check it out. We should. See if it's there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. It's time for show and tell. Who we got this week? This week, we have Matt. Matt was born in 1982. Matt's favorite 80s movie, When Harry Met Sally. Favorite 80s song, My Paradise by The Outfield. Favorite 90s movie, Rushmore, Before Sunrise, Jurassic Park, and That Thing You Do. I wonder if Matt likes the rest of the Before series. 
Yeah, before sunset and before midnight. Very interesting series. I love them all. Yep. I also love that thing you do so much. (laughs) Favorite 90s song, Too Many to Name. From Most Def's Do It Now, to Jeff Buckley's Lover, You Should Have Come Over, to Jimmy Ray's Are You Jimmy Ray? Very good list. Favorite 80s or 90s TV shows, Boy Meets World, Saved by the Bell, and Futurama. Toy that you loved most as a child, Baseball Glove. It's <laughs> the nice. first time we've gotten that I one. like it. Yeah. Favorite game or book that you loved as a child or teenager, Upwards. Oh, that was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Favorite place to go in the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s, Record City, or whatever music store was there. Yes. Love it. Obviously, Matt did this before we had added the celebrity crush question. So, Matt, if you want to reach out with your answers to that, you know where to find us. That's right. Also, we asked anything else you'd like to add. Matt says, I am the author of Talk 90s with me, 23 unpredictable conversations with stars of an unforgettable decade, and Zach Morris lied 329 times, reassessing every ridiculous episode of Saved by the Bell with stats. He says, I love celebrating and exploring beloved properties in new ways. That is fantastic. I'm going to have to check those out. Yes. Matt did send Talk 90s with me to us. I just have not had time to read it yet, but I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, we will definitely check that out. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. And if you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can send us an email at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. We're on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We're on Facebook at we don't want to grow up podcast. We also have a super secret special Facebook group called the Cozy Club dash fans of we don't want to grow up. All you have to do is answer a few fun, nostalgic questions and agree to the group rules and our amazing mod Joanna will approve you. And if you would like to support the podcast and gain access to over 60 bonus episodes, you can come to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. Yes, we now have three tiers. We have our $4 tier, which is what's been there all along. It's access to everything, all of our bonus episodes. Our $3 tier gives you access to all of our game shows, trivia, things like that that we do over there. And our $2 tier gives you access to the short and sweet episodes, the Dear Diaries, the Middle School Notes, the Teen Magazine excerpts. We added some extra tiers because we know we're not putting out as much material on our regular podcast, and it helps us a lot when you come over there, so. Come check it out. Yeah, we have a good time. And last but certainly not least, we have merch. If you would like to sport a We Don't Want to Grow Up shirt, hat, apron, phone case, stickers, almost anything that you could imagine, come to we-don't-wanna-grow-up.myspreadshop.com. Okay, so our original idea for this episode was going to be that we were going to cover summer episodes of TV shows. But then we started thinking about them and we realized that there were a lot of TGIF ones. So we thought we should do an episode where we just focus on some TGIF shows and then we'll do a different one where we talk about other, you know, non-TGIF shows. Yep. There are so many, though. We put the question out to the community on Instagram and Facebook. So many answers. There's no way we'll get to all of them, obviously, but it's nice to have a list to go to for ideas, you know, because there are some listed that we haven't already thought of. Right. That post is still up, by the way. If you want to go give us your faves, there's 
a picture of the Saved by the Bell cast when they're in Hawaii. So just keep your eye out for that and you can tell us your faves. Yeah. And this was a lot of fun. We decided to line it up from a time standpoint. You like to have summer themed episodes in the summer and, you know, fall episodes in the fall. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought this was a good idea and I was looking forward to it. And we actually watched all of these on a Friday night. We did. It was our own TGIF. Yep. And listen, I understand there are plenty of TGIF shows. We focused in on the ones that were popular when we were watching TGIF. Yes. And we didn't have time to do more. We did. Actually, there was a two-parter. So... We spent our whole night watching these shows. So, you know, if we didn't get to your faves, there's more summers to come. There are. (laughs) (laughs) So first one, it's Full House, season three, episode one, titled Tanner's Island. This aired September 22nd, 1989. Is that still technically summer? No, it's not. But it was their first episode of the season. Ah, okay. You know, to celebrate the two year anniversary of the day when Jesse and Joey moved in to help out with his daughters, Danny surprises the family and his co-host, Rebecca, with a special trip to Hawaii. Danny's navigational skills leave the family stranded on a quote unquote deserted island during their Hawaiian vacation. The hijinks in this show, I tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided this time, instead of doing our normal three favorite moments, we did two favorite moments with HMs. And then also just if there was anything else that we noticed. Yeah. So favorites from this episode, the joy on the kids' faces as they rode the dolphins, right? (laughs) Like in this dolphin riding park. And that's probably not acceptable anymore. Right. Um, But those kids were absolutely loving it. And you could see it on their faces. The dolphins, I'd assume not so much. They didn't say that they didn't like it, but I can assume (laughs) that they didn't like at least being in that enclosure and having these tiny humans riding them like a bike. I did enjoy that segment only because, you know, I mean, they're actors, right? But you know, in this moment, you're seeing Candace Cameron and Jody Sweeten with the joy on their faces. Oh, and yeah. that, that's them right. getting to do this. It's probably the first time they've been to Hawaii, probably the first time they've ridden a dolphin. I just liked that part. And even you see Jody like swimming to the side and wiping her nose and stuff. And you just know that, that that's just Jody. Right. You know, I just think it's cute. Yeah. Like, you know, they just kind of had the cameras running. Yeah. And they just had to find the best moments of them actually doing it. I would love, I said this while we were watching, I would love to ask the people that filmed these what it was like. Like, did they love going on location? Was it hard? You know, just because they were used to filming on set with a studio audience and everything. It's like such a different thing. I'm sure it felt like filming a movie instead. Yeah, that's a good They didn't normally do things on location. My second favorite moment, we have a Michelle line and she says this. Which is great, a call out to Fantasy Island, but you get cute little Michelle. <laughs> yes. Delivering the laughs as she did on this show. And my HM or honorable mention, if you're new to the show, all of the Elvis and Popeye references <laughs> that Joey and Jesse say throughout the episode, right? It's such a different time. Like, I'm sure people remember Elvis, but boy, was he still big back then. Yes. And Popeye was still kind of relevant. I don't think he is still, right? But uh, yeah. Popeye was a big thing mm-hmm. back then from a cartoon standpoint, even though, you know, he came about in like the 30s or 40s or whatever. Right. But as a kid watching, I still got the references. Yes. You know, now I have kids rewatch. I don't think they would get it. 
I wouldn't think so, but I, I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't know if they've ever rebooted Popeye. I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, they made like the live action movie. Robin Williams, right? Yeah. And then Elvis, obviously, they just came out with the Elvis movie that is huge. Like our niece is obsessed with Elvis now. Yeah? Yeah. But I don't know if they were watching Full House before they saw that movie, if they would get that. Yeah. Like, who is Elvis? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. My faves, again, Michelle moments. She gets there and one of the ladies puts a lay on her and she says, Aloha, little girl. (laughs) Michelle says, Aloha, lady. I see your belly button. (laughs) (laughs) just made me laugh and then of course at the end you know they think they're stranded on this island and turns out they weren't actually lost they were on the island that they were headed to the island of pua good job Um, danny yeah way to go but they were on the wrong side of it then there's a scary moment where the people found them and they're taking them somewhere and you're like where are they going and then all of a sudden they're in the middle of this polynesian show and suddenly (laughs) They're on the stage. They're the stars. And (laughs) Becky tells them to play Rockahula by Elvis for Jesse because they've been fighting and she's been giving him such a hard time about his love for Elvis. So she gives him this moment to perform this Elvis song in Hawaii to this huge crowd of people who are very excited. All of the cast is up there. Excuse me. All of the family is up there on stage also performing. of hang loose signs going on (laughs) and the crowd's very excited to have this family that they don't know up there performing rockahula right but we know that they're actually excited because the stars of their favorite (laughs) tjf show are on stage performing rockahula i wonder if they brought them out without telling the crowd surely not surely this was planned surely they had to sign a waiver because they were going to be on tv yeah all the people in the crowd i want to talk to anyone that was there in the crowd seriously tell me all about it reach out My honorable mentions, Stephanie had some good lines in this episode. Yep. When they find out they're going to Hawaii, Stephanie's like, Hawaii, I love their punch. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't love some Hawaiian punch? And then when they first get there, they hop out of their van and Stephanie's looking around and she's like, Look, look, Hawaii has a swimming pool and an ocean and a soda machine. No wonder they call it paradise. (laughs) (laughs) She's not wrong. She's not. I also think it's hilarious that the second that they get out of the van, and some of them aren't even fully out of the van yet, they all have cameras and they're just snapping pictures of each other as they're getting out of the van. That's what people did. Because they're so excited. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. (laughs) Well, I think it's funny because like you give a kid a camera, especially back then before they would be using their parents' smartphones. So it wasn't like abnormal to be taking pictures like it was for us. It was very exciting to be able to have a camera when you were a kid. I was generally pretty careful with it. I wanted to take a good photo. And you couldn't wait to get them back, but you had to wait to know if they turned out. And they were usually like a sideways picture with like a finger in the lens or. That's what my grandmother would typically do. She would take photos of her fingers or of her face because she had the flash (laughs) up against her eye. Oh, no. And blinded herself a few (laughs) times. And my dad would get quite cracked up about that. (laughs) It just also made me think of like, I've been guilty of doing this too. Like you go to Disney World and 
you go in the it's a small world ride and you decide you're going to take pictures of the like animatronics as you go. And then you just feel like, well, if I took pictures of this, I got to take pictures of all of them. Right. <laughs> and then you get home and you just have a pack of pictures from that. It's a small world ride. Yeah. I'm not speaking from personal experience here. but <laughs> You're like, do I care about this? <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> And then there's another moment where Jesse's like posing in front of a tree that Elvis had sang in front of in one of his Hawaiian movies. And Michelle looks at Becky and she just goes, and I just wrote, I'm still here for the Michelle Tanner one-liners. Best part of the show. Hands down. (laughs) Okay. The fashion. The fashion. Let's talk about it. (laughs) The first thing I wrote down was actually when they were still in their kitchen, finding out that they were going to Hawaii, just stood out to me because it was familiar. DJ's olive green pleated pants with a cream button down short sleeved shirt and a vest over it with pink cream and olive green tying it all in. I don't know why we thought that was a cute look when we were 10 in 1989, but we did. We definitely did. (laughs) My fashion is pretty much focused. On Uncle Jesse. (laughs) As it should be. As it should be. First, we see him in his suit as he's come home from work. This is before they've left. He's got his teal turtleneck underneath, which is real hip, man. (laughs) Next up, we have Becky's dress as she arrives in Hawaii. It's this black dress with spaghetti straps. It's like T-length. And it has pink and purple tulips on it that are, some of them are opened. So they look more tropical, but even though tulips aren't really a tropical flower, but the dress still looks tropical because it has the green of the stems. Yes. With the pink and purple. I liked that. It did feel beachy, but like dark beachy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Next up for me, Uncle Jesse's high-waisted pants with... Suspenders. Suspenders, they were the thing. Then I just wrote down beachwear. So much neon. People were glowing. Yes. I mean, you couldn't get lost. I don't even know how they were lost on that island, which they weren't, probably because they had so much neon. That's right. Orange, (laughs) green, pink. Yep. All of it. All of it. All right. Last on my list, Jesse and Stephanie's amazing level of tan. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Jesse in particular was incredibly tan. He was. We were like, did he spend like a week there before they filmed this? They had to have, right? Because everybody had a base. (laughs) Yes, they all had a base. Nobody was getting burnt on that trip. Even Michelle had a base. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which she shouldn't have. Right. The last thing I wrote was, (laughs) this was when they were on the island. Their boat went away. When they got to the island, all three girls had either a shirt wrapped around their waist or like a cover-up skirt kind of thing. DJ obviously had a shirt because later she had that same thing on as a shirt. But what Stephanie and Michelle were wearing as skirts were not what they put on later when they were sitting by the fire. No. Later they had on shirts. That they did not have with them before. You didn't see anybody carrying an extra shirt. So I was just like, where did their shirts come from? I didn't see anybody with a bag that would have had any clothes. Right. These just came out of thin air. The magic (laughs) Magic of TGIF. (laughs) Yes. That's all we have for Full House. It was a good little special. It was. Next up. This one could be a little controversial as far as choices go. (laughs) But we will explain our reasoning here. The show is Family Matters. Is from season three, episode five, Daddy's Little Girl. It aired October 18th, 1991. 
Now, this episode is not super summary, but we picked it because Steve does go to Hawaii with his family. You don't see his family, though. You just see Steve in Hawaii. Right. The rest of the episode has to do with Carl bringing his new partner home. And Laura is just beside herself with how hot she thinks he is. Even though he is too old for her. Yeah. Like he's got to be 25 or something. At least. But she basically just tries to look hot and flirts with him. And Carl kind of laughs at her attempts. Embarrasses her. Yes. So she, you know, storms upstairs to her room and then she and her dad have, you know, like a sentimental moment up in the room because she's still daddy's little girl. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the episode. Sweet, but not vacationing. No, I think we were expecting perhaps a little bit more Hawaii in this episode than we actually got. Right. Now, listen, our other options, though, for Family Matters, as far as I could find, at least, was the one where they go to Paris, but it's a three-parter. And can I blame you? Yes. And Pete was not having it. He did not want to watch a three-part episode. It was an hour in total. (laughs) Come on. It is a lot of watching. Yes. And we still didn't know if it was summery or not. Yeah, I think it was probably less summery than just vacation-y. I get confused sometimes because I associate like a Paris TV episode with the summer episodes of Beverly Hills 90210 when Brenda and Donna (laughs) went to Paris while everything was happening back at the beach club in Beverly Hills. Right. But I don't think it's the same thing. Now- What we did start watching was the episode where the Winslows go to Disney World. Yes. We were like, this is perfect. We're going to do this one. But as we were watching, we started talking about all the other shows that also go to Disney World. Mm -hmm. I know there's a Full House one. There is a Sabrina one. There's a Boy Meets World. And I think it's Step by Step do a crossover where they're all there. And I think, well, this isn't TGIF, but I think there's a Blossom episode where they go to Disney World. So we decided that that would be a fun episode to do later. Yes. Where we watch all the ones where they go to Disney World. So that's why we pulled the handle, pulled the old rip cord and said, no, hitting the brakes on it. We're going to do something else. That's right. So this one was a little bit of a letdown, but we still picked a couple of favorite moments. Yeah, I liked the episode. I mean, it wasn't overly summery, but it was good. It starts out, this is my first favorite moment, where it's actually just the moment before the opening credits roll. Steve is coming into the house. He's got some headphones on with his Walkman, and he is singing along to Bust a Move by Young MC. She wants to dance because she likes the groove. Come on, go and just bust a move, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, this kind of made me chuckle because I recently shared a scene from Camp Cucamonga, which is this amazing made-for-TV movie that aired on NBC in 1990 that had a who's who of young teen actors. Right. It had Jaleel White. It had Candace Cameron. It had Chad Allen, Danica McKellar, and Josh Saviano from Wonder Years. Jennifer Aniston is in it. Brian Robbins from Head of the Class. And he's now actually the president and CEO of Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon. Is he really? Yeah. It has a huge cast and people always get excited when I share about it. But there's a rap in the movie called Camp Cucamonga. Jalil and Tasha Scott from Troop Beverly Hills are the main ones that are singing and rapping. But so many people commented that it sounded just like Bust a Move <laughs> by Young MC. And it does. My when people look at me, they always get jealous. Some people say that I'm uncouth, but everybody knows that I tell the truth. I get curious, even furious. When people put us down, I can get injurious. So don't talk trash or 
about our camp Cause I'm here to tell you that it's the chance Cucamonga, oh yeah, oh yeah Cucamonga So it made me laugh when that's what Steve was singing when he walked into the house I feel like that style of rap was of the time, right? Like a lot of it sounded like that For sure This was in 91, so it was like a year after Camp Cucamonga came out. Very popular. (laughs) My first one ties in with that kind of because Urkel has this enormous boombox. I mean, it is almost up to his waist. It is huge. That's when he's on the beach. When he's on the beach, yes. A little bit later in the episode, but. It's ginormous. I would have loved and would still love to have that boombox. Yeah. It's amazing that he could even carry it. Yeah. (laughs) Because he was pretty scrawny still at that point. Yeah, it looked like it was about 50 pounds. <laughs> Next up for me, when Steve is getting to the beach, he whips out a towel that has a big picture of Laura on it. <laughs> and then he calls her on the phone and he's well, like, his like satellite phone is like homemade. Yes. Satellite phone. Right. Because it was 91. Yes. He calls her and he's like, I've been faithful to you. And she's like, that's really not necessary. (laughs) Poor Steve just lived in his delusion. Yes, he did. (laughs) My next one, when Laura is coming down the stairs and she is absolutely decked out in her black dress and she's got her jewelry on, her makeup and her hair's done. She's trying to impress Mike, Mm -hmm. right? And she's really laying it on thick. Yes. And then she trips down the stairs, but the way she trips, absolutely elegant. It was perfect. It was. I was actually shocked because I was like, she could have really hurt herself. So she must have rehearsed that a lot because she starts tripping when she's on the stairs and then she like lands on the end table by the couch. Yes. It was impressive. (laughs) It was because that was no stunt work. That was all her. That was all her. And if Mike didn't notice, well, that's on him. (laughs) I have one honorable mention here. It is when the phone is ringing in the kitchen and Eddie and Laura are fighting to answer it. Yeah. That brought me back. Ditto. I remember running to the phone to try to get there before my sister did or whoever, if (laughs) if I knew somebody was calling. Why, though? Why were we fighting over answering the phone? Like, I can say that if a boy was calling me and I knew it, I would get there because, like, if my dad was answering, like, I just wouldn't want to deal. It it was, like, embarrassing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Not that my dad would make a big deal out of it or anything, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. But then maybe also it could be like if Eddie answered and it was Maxine on the phone for Laura, he could be like maybe he was waiting for a call and he could just like hang up on her. Oh, yeah. Got to keep control of that device. Yes. My family would always be like, oh, pity. It's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Definitely try to embarrass you. Oh, yes. Yes. I probably did that to my sister a lot, too. (laughs) I probably answered as like a 10 year old and she was 18 and. You know, some guy she had a crush on was calling. Kelly. Kelly. (laughs) But I love to when they realize that it's Steve on the phone, they both drop it. (laughs) Neither of them wants to talk to him. I also have one HM when Steve has been buried up to his neck Mm -hmm. in the sand. The crabs are slowly crawling their way towards him. And that really, really got to me. It did. You were bothered. Yeah, I was. I was like, get me and get Urkel out of the sand right now. We cannot deal with crabs eating his face. No. They're about to pinch his nose and stuff. Oh, good thing it wasn't real. It looked real. I know. And the whole time we were trying to figure out how they did it, because back then you didn't really see moving backdrops. Yeah. Right. But it was like you could see the hotels and stuff in the distance. The flags were waving and things like that. But he definitely looked like he was on a set. Yeah. So, I mean, for the time, if he wasn't actually in Hawaii, which I don't think he was. No. It was kind of well done for the time. It was. It was impressive. Yeah. 
Okay, fashion. What stood out to you here? So we're back on the suspenders front, <laughs> although not as cool this time as when <laughs> Uncle Jesse was rocking them. Right. Steve's got his swim trunks on, held up by his suspenders. And his swim trunks, which are very beachy. <laughs> yes. Um, meaning like the patterns and the colors, but they're pulled up to almost his chest. Yeah. Because the suspenders are pulling them up. You know, that's very Urkel fashion yep. anyway, but it's pretty funny. All right. The first one that stood out to me, Laura was rocking some floral overalls, overall shorts with a pink top that was kind of boat neck almost off the shoulders. So cute. Like that would have been an outfit that I would have coveted back then. (laughs) (laughs) My final one, Eddie, had this sweet jort overall get up, right? He had a hoodie on underneath and like some type of cutoff sweatshirt over top of that. He had on combat boots with bunched up white socks. The but coolest. The absolute coolest. Eddie always had great style. He did. I never would put that outfit together or never would have anyways. Mm-hmm. But he was rocking it. And then the other outfits that stood out to me, you had Harriet and Aunt Rachel coming home from working out. Aunt Rachel had like this colorful floral unitard on and white leg warmers. Yep. And then Harriet had, she had two shirts. It was like a double layered, literally just two shirts, a pink shirt and an orange shirt. And the top shirt was pink. The bottom was orange. And then she had the sleeves rolled up. So then the cuffs were orange. And then she had the double layered socks. She had pink socks and orange socks that were slouchy stacked on top of each other to coordinate with her top. And I had forgotten or I haven't really thought about how we used to double up on the socks. Cool memory unlocked. CMU. Yeah. And on the sock front, I'd kind of forgotten about the style that was attached to how you bunched your sock up, right? It was very important. I remember stressing over the slouch of my socks. Yeah. And like with the Eddie's white socks is like you had to push them down the right way. Mm-hmm. So then they would bunch up in proper layers. Yeah. There's a whole thing to it. What a time. Yeah. And just some other things that we jotted down. Laura and Maxine come home from the mall and they're carrying all these bags. But I noticed they're all just gift bags. Yeah. And I think it was supposed to look like mall shopping bags, but I'm sure that they were not allowed to show the names of the stores. <laughs> so it was just funny because it's like I'm realizing as I'm watching, like, this is just a prop. They haven't actually <laughs> been to the store. They don't have <laughs> they actual store bags. They tricked you. They did. Back in the day. Yeah. Well, and Carl said something about how they had been to the music store. And I'm like, again, they would have had like a Camelot music bag or yeah. whatever, wherever they had gone. Tower Records. Just gift bags. Standard gift bags. <laughs> One thing we noticed, and we both had this, was their green fridge. Yes. Or at least I think I had a green fridge. I can't remember if it was green or beige. I'm pretty sure it was green. You for sure had a green one. Absolutely. I have pictures of it too. Yeah. To go in our strawberry kitchen. Ah, so it was like the leaves. It was. I mean, (laughs) I know that that's like my mom was tying it all in because we had red linoleum floors and then white tables, white and red curtains. But then the strawberry wallpaper and the strawberry decor everywhere was, of course, red and green. Where were the browns or blacks for the seeds? Oh, yeah, no. Mom missed a trick. All the brown was in the living room. Oh, okay. And the bathroom. Gotcha. (laughs) We also noticed, especially coming off of watching Full House, that Laura has a Mr. Bear, too. She did. Humphrey Beargart. (laughs) uh, Laura and Carl were talking to each other like Humphrey Bogart. It was cute. It was cute. I noticed, too, that she had a bottle of exclamation sitting on her vanity. Like my mom. Yeah. 
And then the last thing is just Carl and Harriet's floral bedding and wallpaper. It's just so good. And it looks like it's straight out of JCPenney. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) We get to see it because Steve bursts into their room at 1 a.m. back from Hawaii with some hand-carved coconuts for them. (laughs) Yes, he did. (laughs) It was a fun episode. Not very summery. Not very beachy, but still a good episode. Yes. All right, our last one. No, not our last one. All right, our next to last one. Perfect Strangers. It was season five, episode 16, Nightmare Vacation. This aired February 2nd, 1990. In this one, Larry plans a paradise resort vacation for himself, Balky, Jennifer, and Marianne. But given Larry's poor track record with vacation planning and pretty much everything else, (laughs) the ladies are skeptical about going. Larry assures everyone that this vacation, this one, will be great. But things, of course, go awry upon arrival at the resort. Yes, they do. All right, my first favorite moment, when they get to the resort, Balky is so excited to ring the bell. Cosi, cosi, cosi. Can I, can I, can I ring the bell? Okay, you ring the bell. And then Larry finally says he can ring the bell. He rings it, and he says, Having fun already. (laughs) It's the little things for Balky, and I love it. He's so childlike. He is. My first one, also a bulky moment when they're all going into their rooms, quote unquote, they've all essentially walked into the same room. Through two separate doors. Through two separate doors. They're not aware of this yet. And Larry and Balky can hear Marianne and Jennifer talking. And Balky says this line. Boy, these walls are thin. <laughs> and then he's like, oh my gosh, they are thin. I can see Marianne. So, you know, they're doing like mirror things to each other. So it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was. It's like one of those, it's not believable, but it still plays. Yes. Like it was still funny. It was still funny. So there's a moment, obviously, like this resort is not what they thought it was going to be. Like it's shut down. They're the only ones there. They do sit down at the quote unquote restaurant, which is just there in the lobby and they get drinks. And of course, it's like a fun drink with an umbrella in it. And Larry's like, this is why we get out of bed every day, which reminded me because sometimes we watch Caribbean life, Caribbean life and then Mediterranean life and all of that, where people want to sell their homes and buy homes on an island somewhere. And every time they like walk out on the balcony and they have a view of the water, every single time they say, this is why we come here. This is why we come here. So Pete and I have a joke about it. We used to like get drunk and watch those and be like, <laughs> just get such a kick out of it. It was hilarious because you knew that that's what production was telling them to say every yes. single time. And here's the this is why we come here shot. Yeah. And then, of course, a hurricane blows through at that very moment and everything blows away. And Larry's still sitting there with his <laughs> with his umbrella drink. Yes. <laughs> Next one for me, the hand slap game that Balky and Larry are playing. Yes. And then at the end of it, Balky pinches Larry's nose, which is hilarious. But I really hope that was just an ad lib. I hope it was too. And they didn't know that was coming because it was pretty funny. It was very Three Stooges of them. It was. But I loved it. Yeah. That hand slapping game is very nostalgic. Oh, it is. I think we all played it. Yeah. And we were talking about this when we were watching it. It's like, what's the origin of that? Who came up with that game? No telling. I'm like, did we learn it from watching Perfect Strangers? You know, I don't think so. I think we knew it before then. I feel like it was from the Roman times. Probably. And it's just been passed down generation to generation. They didn't have physical games, so they just came up with. That's right. Yeah. 
got to be. Maybe before we do our next episode, we'll research it and let you know. Maybe. (laughs) Or we'll forget all about it. (laughs) So that's more likely. Yeah. Okay. One of my HMs, just the physical comedy with the hurricane winds. Oh, yeah. Was so good. All of it. And they really stuck with it and spent time on it. And then also, like, you get the shot. And we see this with all of these episodes every time they're traveling. You always get the shot of the plane in the air on the way there. So, you know, they're on their way. And then at some point you get a shot of like a beach or the hotel or whatever it is. And in this case, we get a shot of the mountains in the background and like fake lightning. It's like a stormy (laughs) scene. And I said to Pete when we were watching, I was like, you know, we just accepted that stuff back then. Right. It's like, okay, they're there and it's storming. Yeah. That was real lightning that we just saw. (laughs) That was drawn. (laughs) Similar front. When they're in the storm, in their little, you know, hut or bungalow or whatever, there's this shot where Larry is hanging onto like a post or the wall and the wind like picks him up and then Balky's holding on to him and it picks Balky up as well. But that first shot of Larry, and you notice this first, but there is the most visible wire I've ever seen. I know. They did not even try. They didn't even try to hide it. It's just a, a, a wire strapped to his pants right in the middle of the shot, perfectly in focus. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, go ahead with it, guys. We don't care. (laughs) And then they did the same thing with Balky. They did. And you can see his wire too. But I didn't care. I loved it. (laughs) Same here. Same here. And then just the last scene when they get home to their apartment, Balky and Larry. Of course, there's a moment where Larry drops his very empty suitcase. Yes. Like it is so noticeably empty. I'm like, (laughs) you can't even throw something in there to make it seem like there's some kind of clothes in there. Right. Like put a pillow in it or something. Yeah. They sit down on the couch and Balky is like. Cousin, you know what the best thing about going away on vacation with you is? No, Balky, what's that? Coming back home alive. (laughs) I... I just love it. (laughs) I just love it. (laughs) Cousin. (laughs) I like too, though, there had been some things where the resort manager had been talking about how there were sinkholes all over the island. And we kept waiting for there to be a sinkhole. Yep. And then we were like, oh, well, like once they came home, I like, I guess it was too hard to pull off a sinkhole incident. And then they brought up that Larry was in a sinkhole. Right. At some point. It was off camera. Yeah. (laughs) But I liked the callback. I like that we we found out that there was actually a sinkhole. All right. Fashion. Balky had on an incredible vest. As he always does. As he always does. It it had a tree that was kind of, you know, it went up the center and the branches went out. And then on those branches, he had parrots and maybe some other stuff on there. But it was spectacular. It was. It kind of reminded me of like a vest that a teacher would wear. Oh, yes. Teaching kindergarten or something. My first one is Jennifer's black dress with the purple and pink tulips all over it. It is the same dress that Aunt Becky was wearing when she arrived in Hawaii. Absolutely the same dress. The difference is that it's cut off. It's shorter. It's above, above the knee. They probably like hemmed it up or something. Yeah. I was like, did they have the same stylist? across all the TGIF shows where, you know, they use a lot of the same clothes. Maybe they had one wardrobe department. Maybe. Okay, my last one, Cousin Larry and his bouffant hair, but only in the back. (laughs) He has so much volume in the back of his head. It's like he's got another head. (laughs) It is huge back there. I was like, man, that is a lot of hair. (laughs) Luxurious. Very luxurious. My last one was just Jennifer and Marianne's palazzo pants that they show up to dinner in, which is just like a very wide leg flowy pant. Yeah. 
Those are back. They're back. They are. Okay. Yeah. Gonna have to get rid of my skinny jeans. <sighs> yeah, I've tried. I've tried. I've gotten a few pairs of different, not quite flares, but just more wide leg jeans. And then I did try for summer. I tried some not quite palazzo pants, but pretty wide legged. Yeah. Because I think they're so cute when I see them on other people. And then I put them on and I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> Don't like not, it. This is not for me. <laughs> they look so cute on them. I'm sure they look adorable on you. Thanks, love. The other things of note, just I had to write, and I'm sure when we covered Perfect Strangers, which by the way, we have an episode where we talk about Full House and Perfect Strangers. We tried to watch so many episodes of those. We learned now that that's really hard to do. Nigh impossible. Yeah. But Jennifer and Marion's hair. Fantastic. So good. Across all seasons, they have the best hair ever. I mean, it does eventually flatten down as they get more into the 90s. But man, right here in 1990, they still had the big bangs, perms, lots of aerosol hairspray. It is perfect. I had the biggest crush on Marion. Did you? Oh, yeah. I thought her hair was fantastic. <laughs> They're both very pretty ladies. The other thing I wrote down, I thought it was so weird that they wouldn't have been staying in the same room. Yeah, it was weird. I was just like, would it upset the network because they're single and it's kind of like a family show? Maybe. I mean, it was 1990. True. But it's like, these people are grown ass adults who are obviously dating each other. Like, it should have been Balky and Marianne staying together and Larry and Jennifer staying together. But Listen, this was three decades ago. I know. But they were also like, they all seemed like a little weirded out that they would ever even think to stay in the same room together. They all eventually get married and have kids. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's no telling <laughs> what standards were in place from a network standpoint back then. And I'm not saying like, of course, there are lots of people who think if you're single, you shouldn't be sleeping in bed with someone else. But let's face it, not these people. Yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean you. <laughs> All right, last thing you noticed, the dad from Teen Wolf was here. He was the resort manager. Yes. And the Mater D and the waiter. He was pretty much everything. Yeah. It was that old trope of, you know, oh, yeah, the whole staff is here. And like we find out he's the only staff. He is the entire staff. <laughs> James Hampton himself. Yeah, I was staring at him for a while. I knew him immediately. I'm like, I know I know that guy. It didn't take me long to no, it didn't. figure out where I knew him from. Yeah. Okay, and last, but certainly not least, we have Step by Step. Step by Step, day by day, fresh start over a different hand to play. Deeper we fall, the stronger we stay. It will be better, set the time This was from Season 2, Episodes 18 and 19. Pete did allow a two-part episode. I did, but not a two-part and a three-part. <laughs> the episodes were called Aloha Part 1 and Aloha Part 2. This aired in February of 93 on the 19th and the 26th. So this is a quick summary, but Frank wins a trip to Hawaii for the family. A new car! <laughs> Good job, Frank. Lots of things happen, but I feel like we're going to pretty much cover everything that happened. So We will. So one thing that happened in the Full House episode was Uncle Joey kept seeing this girl, right, who was making eyes at him. She's very pretty. And anytime he tries to go up to her, something happens or she basically just disappears right until the very end of the episode. Yes. The same exact thing happens here with JT, where he constantly sees this hot girl like making eyes at him and blowing kisses at him, but he can never quite get to her. Until the very end. When they're leaving. When they're leaving and he's in the car and he's yelling to her, but 
First of all, she was way, way too old for him. Yes. She's probably about 30. And he was probably like 15 here. Yeah, because this is season two. It's just funny that they used the exact same trope and storyline. I know. Like, oh, we're in Hawaii. Do we it again. have to have a girl doing the hula, holding a flower <laughs> and being mysterious. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Another big theme for this episode, for at least the first part, is just the fact that Carol and Frank are very opposite, which is apparent, but... Carol cannot relax. No. She is that person that is up and at him, full face of makeup at 630 in the morning. Things planned out. Very Danny Tanner-ish, like you said. There's going to be some educational moments. Not words that I ever want to hear when I'm on vacation. No. And we don't ever want to hear about the clipboard of fun. No. (laughs) That was Danny's thing. But Carol here would have been very comfortable with the clipboard of fun. Yeah. People definitely do vacation differently. Some people want to have a very full itinerary, want to be hopping around, seeing everything they can see. I, if I'm at the beach, I want to sit my tail in the sand Yeah, with a drink in my hand, Yeah, looking out at that water, maybe going back, taking a dip in the pool, going to dinner. But I mean, that's it. Those are our excursions. Exactly. And I get, you know, we're not all the same, but Frank is very much more like we are. Yes. <laughs> like he just wants to chill. And he decides that he's going to teach her basically, you know, the art of doing nothing, lounging on the beach. He does try to take her golfing, but he is finally able to get her to, quote unquote, relax <laughs> when they remember what they had done the whole time when they met in Jamaica mm-hmm. in the bedroom, if you know what I'm saying. And then you cut to their hotel room or their condo, wherever it is, that they're sharing with all their kids. I don't know where their kids are because it's the middle of the day, but all their clothes are in the floor and they look like they've just stepped out of them. And then they come out in robes. And Carol is feeling very good. Like she is, uh, I wrote down, this is a very horny show. Yes, it was. (laughs) (laughs) And we've noticed this because we watched some more of it. It's amazing to me. They wouldn't let Valky and Larry stay in the same room with Jennifer and Marianne and Perfect Strangers three years before. But there's all kind of innuendos. And not just with Carol and Frank because they're married. Like the younger kids, there's lots of innuendos. There is. I wasn't upset about it. I was just shocked by it because it is TGIF. Yeah, it was surprising. There's a moment where Dana comes in and is talking to her mom and Carol, Suzanne Summers <laughs> has like a an ice cube and she's like rubbing it all over her neck and chest like she's still. She's still in the throes of ecstasy. Right. With her daughter. <laughs> it's like, so awkward. <laughs> and, and Dana was so like caught up in her own situation, which don't even get me started on that. We'll talk about it. Yeah. But Dana wasn't even phased by her mom being all sexed up. I know. It was so odd. She's just used to it. But funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My second one. I love Frank's golf strategy. You buy a box of balls. You play until you lose them all. And then you eat lunch. And you don't keep score. I like it. I'm there for it. I could play that kind of golf. I'd go play that kind of golf. That's what I try to do with my dad. But, you know, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to keep score. He takes it seriously. He does. (laughs) Till I beat him. (laughs) And then he's just full of excuses. (laughs) All right. Next up, Cody and JT go on a treasure hunt. They do. They find a message in a bottle and it's a map. 
They're going to, you know, where X marks the spot. They're going to find everlasting gold. They get there. They dig. There's nothing there. And then Cody looks and realizes that the sun is setting and it's beautiful from that exact spot where they are. And he just gets it right away. And I really liked the appreciation of the sunset. You know, JT's still upset. And then Cody's like, that's the golden treasure. It's a spiritual thing. (laughs) Shaway. I'd forgotten that uh, we were in the midst of this surfer talk phase for everybody. I know. We talked a lot about Cody, who's played by Sasha Mitchell. When I was younger, I had a big crush on him. As we were watching, though, we're like, I was listing off people and then you would add more people who he reminded us of. It was like this combination of like Simon Rex, the London brothers, Jeremy and Jason London, Jensen Ackles, Brendan Ralph, and Brendan Fraser. Right. Meets Bill and Ted <laughs> and Polly Shore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's wild, but I mean, he does a good job with it. He did. You know, so if you can just get past like thinking maybe he's copying anyone or anything, you know. He was fun. He was fun. He's a good character. I like the fact, though, that they portray him to be kind of, you know, the surfer dude. So you would assume he's like ditzy, but he's actually really thoughtful yeah. and intelligent. Right. Because we watched some episode where he teaches one of the kids karate, right? But he's very thoughtful about it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I've heard some not so great things about Sasha Mitchell, but. Oh, really? I did find out he was written out of the show. Because oh, was of he? like a domestic violence thing. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. Oh. It's upsetting. There you go. That's what happened to him. We were discussing this. I'm just now cluing Pete in because I, look, new I news. looked it up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder if that's why his career died. Yeah, I think so. All right. My HM is how old is Dana? We found the answer to this question. She is 17, but we asked it because she is making out constantly with this 22-year-old dude. He proposes to her and she is really considering it. Really considering it, which is actually kind of shocking because she's one who's so serious all the time, so focused on her studies that she brought all of her books with her. Like she was the nod on a log when Frank came home and told them that they were going to Hawaii. Like he and Carol were dancing in the kitchen and she was just like, what is this Hawaii BS basically? Right, like, like I've got work to do. Yeah. Like I've got my whole study schedule planned. So we were just like. What made, a stick in the mud. As uh, Ted and Robin would say. Major buzzkill. (laughs) (laughs) Major buzzkill. (laughs) So it was very out of character of her to meet this guy on the beach. And it was so fast, too. Like, he quickly hit on her, and she very quickly ran away from her books. Well. And he's not that hot. He wasn't that hot. But (laughs) he did have a multiplier. He had a hotness multiplier. Yeah, but she didn't know it yet. She found out fairly quickly. Oh, that's true. She was hanging out with him before then. Yeah. But. She really started to consider it after she found out how rich he was. Yeah, he was a millionaire. Dana, Dana, Dana. <laughs> he gave her quite the rock. He did. It's like a six carat diamond. Yes. My honorable mention, I think it was the very beginning of part two, where Karen is sitting on the couch in the hotel room or condo, and she's brushing her hair down one side and she's counting and she's like, 98, 99. 100. And you think she's done. And then she goes over to the other side of her hair and starts counting one, two, three. And then she gets interrupted because Dana comes in and tells her she's engaged or she was proposed to. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing, though? I mean, it reminds me of like Marsha Brady. Like, Mm. I feel like people used to do that, like saying you needed to brush your hair X amount of times. 
Well, back in the day, if Karen was doing it, I was there for it. Pete is very into Karen. Yes. <laughs> or I should say was very into her. Was, Because it yeah. would be weird to say now because she's a teenager. But Yes. I was a big fan of Karen back in the day. Yes. I mean, I see it. She's a very pretty girl. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of forgotten about her till we watched Honestly, this. Honestly, I forgot about her too. Like, I always remember that Stacey Keenan is in the show. And I remember, you know, Sasha Mitchell and Brandon Call. But I don't really remember Karen or like the other kids. Yeah. The younger kids. Right. Christine Lakin, she and Stacey Keenan had a podcast. I don't know if they still do, but they just a couple of years ago started a podcast about Step by Step. Did they? Yeah. That's but fun. like, at least in the episodes that we just have rewatched, to me, Christine Lincoln's character is like barely there. Yeah. I wonder if in later years. Maybe so. The older she got. Yeah. Maybe not, though, because I mean, we watched a couple from what we term later years and she was just barely in it. Yeah. I think that's what happens when you have so many kids. Yeah. It's hard to give everybody lines. Well, I'm sure that we're going to watch more. So we'll see. We've gone down the step by step rabbit hole. We have. We did. I think it's because that was the last one we watched that night and then we just wanted to see more we started going through and watching the first episode of each season yeah to see how they had grown and changed it was kind of fun doing it that it was way it's kind of the way we used to do it we used to watch the first and last episodes of seasons but then sometimes we would do like the first two or three and the last two or three or we would do like first middle and last yep it was fun it was fun i had a lot of fun doing it yeah All right, so fashion. JT's mullet is my first thing that I put down. I'd forgotten about his mullet. Yeah. It was a sick mullet, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you include hair. I guess we should say hair and fashion. Hair and fashion. (laughs) I always count hair as part of fashion. That's okay. It's just how you do it. For me, I wrote jorts with an exclamation point. (laughs) Brian, the guy Dana meets on the beach, he's playing Frisbee in nothing but a pair of jorts, which if you don't know, that's jean shorts. He was absolutely rocking them. I feel like they're back now, too. They are. All right. Next up on the hair front, I had a boss that had Patrick Duffy hair, and he was my boss up until like 2012, and the ladies loved him. (laughs) He also would wear his shirts with the top one or two buttons unbuttoned, just just like like Patrick Duffy. Yeah. I have to say, when we've been rewatching, I think we both have found new appreciation for Patrick Duffy, in my case, and Suzanne Summers in your case. But even me, I'm, I'm like, Suzanne Summers was hot. Yeah. I mean, she still is. Right. But on Step by Step, I'm like, Chrissy Snow, growing up. I feel like <laughs> her hair was very forward thinking. Even in the early 90s, her hair looked different than everybody else's. She had like, I don't know, just the texture of her hair looked healthy. <laughs> You don't think anyone else's hair looked healthy in the not, 90s? Not in comparison to hers. Did you never see Cindy Crawford's hair? Not on a sitcom. Okay, sitcoms, maybe I can give you that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. In the sitcom world, Yeah. comparing her to the other shows. That we watched yes. last night or Friday night. Yeah. Well, she was a hairdresser, Carol. That's true. Her character. That's, that's a good point. I loved when she would wear later on, just it's so 90s, but the fancy-ish updos all put in with, you know, bobby pins and then a lot of long romantic strands hanging down. It's like Pam Anderson hair. Yes, definitely Pam Anderson hair. It was good stuff. 
Next up for me, there's a dress that Karen is wearing when they're wandering around that first day on vacation. It's like a tight fitting bodycon dress, like a lot of neon colors and tropical stuff. And then she turned around and I was like, maybe it's a skirt, which that was also a popular thing where, you you know, it was like a, a skirt, but it was actually shorts. Yeah. So, but it was a dress. I had never seen anything like that. I liked it too. I liked it. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day. All right, last up for me, we noticed there was this family of extras on the beach, but they were rocking matching outfits. Yes. It was like pink and blue floral in various styles as far as like, you know, a shirt or a tank top or shorts or whatever they had on. Yeah, the little girls' dresses definitely looked like they were out of a JCPenney catalog. Absolutely. They all bought from the same page. Yes. And then the mom had on like these pink Ray-Ban sunglasses like she was playing outfield for the Oakland A's. (laughs) It was so good. And then I wonder, like, did production just see them and think, like, they have to be in our shot and said, hey, will you be an extra and put them down on a blanket on the beach? Right. Or did someone dress them like that as extras? Like, I know our good friend, friend of the podcast, Joanna, does a lot of work like that. And they put her in stuff. But then sometimes they'll have her bring her own things. Oh, really? But I think it is really pretty planned out of what everybody's going to wear. But I don't know how they did it back then. Hmm. But anyway, it was great. It was great. We also started noticing a lot of background actors and stuff in these shots. There is a random guy playing Frisbee on the sidewalk with overalls on that were folded down with no shirt. No shirt. Like he just had to let himself be free. He didn't want those tan lines from the overalls. Right. But also it's like, there's so many things you have to think about there. Would the straps of the overalls then like hit his sides or his calves or something if they're yeah. hanging down and you're being athletic? And then also- Would they whip somebody else in the face if you're yeah, cutting? Right. And then <laughs> you have to be really confident that they're going to stay up. Right. Because it's not like wearing a pair of pants. You just got a few buttons on the sides and it did not look like those were tight fitting. No, those could come right on down (laughs) or you could easily be pants easily just some other things we noted i thought it was funny that they have so many people in their family that the kids were all sleeping on like cots and couches in the living room and i wrote they should have made a pallet yes they should have i've (laughs) been taught my lesson little call back to the beginning of the episode (laughs) my first one the kids win the sandcastle contest and they get this helicopter tour of the island. What I wrote down was no thank you. No thank you. Lots of people want to do it. Not us. But also I was just like really they're letting these three kids under the age of 10 probably right. go on this helicopter tour without a parent. Right. Like is this thing safe? Wouldn't they need an adult with them? Like who- it was just them and the pilot. Right. <laughs> right. Like who? who is watching these kids? Oh, I know who. They're off by themselves banging in the hotel room nonstop. They're terrible parents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Frank's got to keep Carol occupied. He does. <laughs> <laughs> She's real relaxed now. She's not concerned about her kids off in a helicopter. <laughs> For as organized as she is, right? It's like, I don't think that would happen. No. All these kids are unsupervised too. You know, like Dana's off doing her thing, getting married. It's like, (laughs) how about you pay attention to your children for two seconds? This I just thought was funny when Dana and Brian first meet on the beach and he's playing Frisbee. And he's kind of giving her a hard time because she's studying. And she's like, some of us want to do something with our lives instead of playing Frisbee. And he's like, I don't actually do this all day long. From three to four, I watch Oprah. 
<laughs> Although at my house, Oprah came on at four. At four. After General Hospital. Same for me. But maybe he, maybe it's, if he lives in Hawaii, then maybe it's different in Hawaii. Yeah, but it would have been quite a bit earlier than that, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it didn't have to be live, though. Oprah wasn't live. So if it wasn't playing live, he could have watched it from three to four there. They could have had a different lineup. Yeah. Well, in like Central, like we're East Coast, we're Eastern time. Central time, it probably did come on at three. Because like I know a lot of shows here will be eight Eastern, seven Central. Yeah. Is he in Central time? Not in Hawaii, but I'm saying maybe he's actually from like Chicago or something. Oh, you're right. He is a businessman. Yeah. The other thing you were talking before about that scene at the end when the girl that JT had been seeing all over the island finally comes out of the hotel as they're pulling away in a limo. Right. Because, well, the limo is there because Brian, the rich guy that proposed, was turned down by Dana. She finally said no, but he did the nice gesture of sending a limo for the family to take to the airport. And so the limo's driving away and JT is up outside the sunroof calling out to her. What's hilarious is that <laughs> they did a voiceover of JT and he's <laughs> he's like, don't go, don't go, or, you know, come back, whatever it is he's saying, not lining up with what's coming out of his mouth at all. I think in some parts, his mouth isn't even moving. Right. It was so funny. It I was, was like, they're going to let this keep going and we can see his mouth. <laughs> I, I don't know. know if they know that. <laughs> they're like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the wires on Perfect Strangers. Yeah, exactly. They're like, ah, this is close enough. <laughs> now, the last thing, this made me laugh a lot. Yeah. So like I said, we went down a step-by-step rabbit hole and this was a totally different episode, but Frank had put in this intercom system in the house and he's excited because it also is like a music system where you can play music throughout the whole house and he puts it on and it's a country station. Yeah. And Dana's like, Ugh, country, you know, and I made the comment that I feel like back then, I, I think some people have always loved country music. Right. right. And I think it's way more countrywide now, like it's embraced by more people. Sure. But I feel like back then to everyone but people that like maybe lived in the South or I don't I don't know, just people that were around like maybe Nashville or Texas or something like that. It was kind of a joke. Right. Like it was not mainstream music. Yes. It would be, I feel like, kind of on the same level as like Christian music or yeah. something, like just not very popular and not seen as not as respected. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that's how I felt. I just feel like that's what it was back then. Back then. And Pete, <laughs> Pete, now, mind you, this was after several drinks. <laughs> Pete goes, <laughs> yeah, you know, like you either had grunge or Moby. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed for about 20 minutes, but I'm, I'm like, we have to talk about this on the podcast. So we're here now, Pete. Explain yourself. What, what I meant was <laughs> in 93, you had like grunge music. Yeah. And then you had like Moby music. <laughs> that's it. Just, that's it. Just grunge or Moby. That's that's all that there was. <laughs> Everything non-grunge is just, yeah, it's pretty much Moby. And then I was like, uh, what about R&B? Like, what about Boys to Men? Moby. <laughs> that's not moby music it's people in like a box with like a white background with like a long camera angle everybody's doing but the same thing that would thing. be like everybody else that would be like tlc yes they were moby music no yeah <laughs> is that what you identify moby music is just people that do the music videos that look like they're inside a cheese grater yeah so like also boy bands would be in that boy bands uh r&b 
Moby. Did Moby actually do a video <laughs> where he looks like he's inside of a cheese grater? Not him or like Jamiroquai or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> like virtual insanity or something. <laughs> Moby and Jamiroquai, two totally different people. Pretty much the artists. same thing in my mind. If it wasn't grunge, it was Moby, <laughs> and I didn't care about it. <laughs> You've offended so many people right now. <laughs> it absolutely blew your mind that night. It did my mind i was like you know better than that what are you talking about it was great that's not the last thing though you left off when we were at the sandcastle competition yes we were checking out the people in the background (laughs) and then this dude at the end of the scene all right where i think they've gotten their prize and they're sitting there talking some dude is quote unquote asleep on like a lounge chair in super short shorts like his his hand over his crotch sleeping (laughs) Like, who told this guy to be there? He's completely out of place. We want to know if he's actually sleeping or if he just, like, thought it would be funny if I was sleeping. I feel like he was a a real person that was asleep in the background. (laughs) It was like Weekend at Bernie's. It was. (laughs) (laughs) What was also great was that there were all these people lined up, not on the beach, but, like, up on the sidewalk above who were all watching. And it's funny because like it appears like, oh, they're just excited about the sandcastle competition. But you know that they're just vacationers who are excited that they're filming a TV show right there. Yeah, they're like checking it out. Like, what are all these lights and cameras and stuff? Like, what show is it? Who's down there? Suzanne Summers. Yeah, Suzanne Summers. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, that's Patrick Duffer. I love looking at that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's so fun. So that's it for our TGIF summer episodes. Like I said, there are a lot of other TGIF shows that have summer episodes, but we just focused on the ones that we're most familiar with. I mean, I have seen episodes of Boy Meets World. I have seen episodes of Sabrina, but they all started when we were like either in high school, going to college. They're Moby shows, is what you can call them. (laughs) It's like we have the TGIF that we like. And then the Moby shows. But I mean, there. I think Boy Meets World is probably the most popular TGIF show. It probably is. And you know what I looked up to? Because I was like, why do I not remember the end of like Family Matters? But I remember the end of Full House. And I looked it up and Full House actually moved to Tuesday nights. Did like they? Like their last several years. Really? And they weren't even on TGIF at a certain point. Wow. Blew my mind up. And I don't even remember, maybe we talked about it on the Full House episode. It's been two years since we did it. But I was like, well, I guess that's why. Because like on Tuesday nights, I wasn't out at a dance or a football game. I was at home. So I probably did watch. That's why I watched it. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense now. It does. (laughs) Anyway, thank goodness it's funny. Thank goodness you're funny. Thank goodness it's Friday. (laughs) Or I guess in this case, Wednesday. (laughs) If you're listening as the episode comes out. There you go. But we'll be back with some more summer fun and hope you're enjoying your summer. See ya. Bye. (laughs) I see your belly button.